welcome everybody to the next episode of Bucking Stock News podcast, powered by Two Bulls. Uh, Thor, we we had an outstanding weekend uh, at Duncan Two Bulls Challenge. Um, we were we were able to to cover that event, put out a lot of really good content, and the Bulls, sure enough, showed up and were pretty serious about it. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to to have good content when the Bulls buck as hard as they did there. Um, yeah, it was it was outstanding. Fourth place in the open was 90 points. It's crazy talking about that. You know, like the top four bulls were were 90 or above. The winning bull was was 92.20, and and you drop down to to the last hole. Uh, I mean, uh, 88 points ish. I I want to say was like yeah. 15, I don't I don't 16. think yeah. I don't think 87 got a check or was even close. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we we talked to to Toby Van Landingham on Friday evening, and uh, we were sitting there looking at all the bulls, you know. And he said, he said, man, it's crazy to look in these back tens and see how many bulls can be ninety or have been ninety before. And sure enough, the open security starts, and and I mean they were they were cracking ninety all day. It was it was eighty seven point six one last hole, and that was a tie for eighteenth through twenty second. I'll be darned. Wow. So there was there was quite a few 87. There was one, two, three, four, five of them clogged up there at 87.6. Yeah, it's 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 sure it's sure crazy to think you know getting to do these podcasts and talk to a bunch of different breeders and handlers and and just how tough the the bull deal is is getting. Yeah, man, it was it was incredible. The I mean there was uh, there was a limited futurity there as well. It was I mean it took 89.20 to win that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and that that bull was was a bruiser son. Uh, the bruiser stuff kind of everybody had the hype, you know, wondering what what his calves are going to be like, and then they're they're showing up and and starting to surface, you know. And that bull was ranked too, even in the limited, like you said. What is the limited? Is that like a like they haven't been anywhere before kind of a deal? Explain yeah, that to me. Sort of. It's it's a it's a limited earnings. So it was, it gotcha. was four thousand or less. They couldn't have went over four thousand to be entered so it, in the limited fraternity. It didn't matter how many points they'd been marked before, as long as they had at one, uh, their earnings were under a certain amount. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I, um, but uh, you know, kind of moving moving forward from from Duncan, um, the our, our event calendar uh, presented by Two Bulls Feed, fortified with SQM Minerals. Um, there's a lot of really good events coming up this week. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty packed. Um, but but with books opening and closing soon, um, May 11th in in Decatur, the American Heritage South books close for uh, April 29th. Um, May 11th, Lexington, North Carolina Backyard Buckers. Um, the entries close for that one. Uh, May 5th, um, the May 18th Gold Coast. Buck and Bull Association on, on the West Coast. Um, the, their entry is open for that event on the 20. Uh, they already opened uh, on the 26th. And then uh, the WSBBA, they've got an event uh, in Chelan, Washington. I hope I said that right. Um, and, and the books are, are open for that as well. Um, events everywhere to go to uh like i said i mean if if you got buck and bulls there, there's no better time with with events everywhere to go showcase your breeding program or what you've been buying um and and i guess with this with this episode we're talking about how tough the bull business is, has gotten and continues to get 
Um, I think our guest is, is kind of he's he win a lot, you know, previous years and is continuing to do really well. He had a bull be ninety two this this year already, I believe. Uh, Gene Baker with Homestead Genetics is with us. Gene, it's it's unreal how how tough the bull deal is getting. College door, thanks for having me. It's it's crazy. It's a different. I kind of divide it up into two uh, two chapters of my life, you know, because this this is not what it was like um, ten years ago. You were talking about the eighty-seven two not placing. Well, that's that's one in second, you know, um, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So it's it's. Definitely, definitely a different football game. We were we were talking prior to to the the podcast, and and you you've won the American Heritage three times, and, and with the American Heritage coming up here in oh about four and a half weeks ish, five weeks I guess. Um, you know, I mean, what? Uh, I guess it's it's just got to be it's crazy. Like, do you remember what what Doctor Who was marked in in two thousand five when when he went it in Ardmore? No, um, but he wouldn't have placed. You know, I mean, I can, I can visualize the, the the out and the white bull of the three that would have placed is Bad Wine in 2011, and he wouldn't have won first. So that's if that tells you, um, you know, the changes in the last ten yeah, years. For sure, the the best bulls back then, you know, they, they'd be tough to place nowadays, um, but but they're not taking anything away from them bulls. Um, you know, with with Bad Wine, Last Call, and, and Doctor Who, they they were all Houdini sons, and Houdini's been a, a huge influence for, for your program. Couldn't you, couldn't you agree? I agree. You know, and talking about dividing it up into two different, you know, the first ten years and, and these first seven years that, that the ABBI has kind of, you know, sanctioned these events. Um you know, it's kind of gone from Houdini now to Showtime. So, and then, you know, there'll be another one. So that's, um, I mean, you kind of always have to look in the future, which is hard to do. You know, you get, it's a it's a blessing to have a bull like Houdini, but it can be a curse to, you know, you hang on to some of the stuff a little bit too long. Um, I think when you're, when you actually own the animal, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the bull, the bull works and works and works and works, and then as you're saying, time goes on. If if you're not paying attention, what what's working, starting to work, you're going to get left behind with what did work. Yeah, there was we were last year. I, I eat breakfast with some some gentlemen, some older farmers and stuff, and one guy said, "Well, how do you know if you have a good bull?" And I said, "Well, there's a place you take them, and they they tell you." He goes, really? And I said, yeah, you, you pay them $1,500, and when you leave, they give you a, a sheet that tells you ac- exactly how good it is. So, um, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't really fall in love with any of them. If you want to be competitive, you've got to, you know, really look to the future, which is which is very hard sometimes. For sure. And and speak, speaking of looking at the future and stuff, I think the bull that I mentioned, uh, um, you know, earlier in the podcast uh is is a bruiser son correct that that you maybe created via flush or or something um and he was a pile of points at, at the casino 
That's that's right. Billy Frank, he's uh, my dad passed away, which my dad was a huge part of, of, of um, I guess, my support system, you should say, both of, both my parents and all my family. But, you know, he's gone now, and and that was his given name um, when he was born, later changed to Pete. But that's where Billy Frank's name came from, is named after my dad. Oh, yeah, and he... He tied for six and seventh, was 89 points there in the open. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy. 89 to tie for six and seventh. Yeah. I remember last year at the at the um, American Heritage. You know, before you were talking about those three wins that I'd had, you could kind of – you know, you had a nice bull and you took him. And I remember my dad sitting up there when last call won it, I guess, 2007. And there were 30 bulls left. And I, I looked at him and I said – we just won this thing, and this past year I had a bull named Madman, and he had an exceptional out there. But I remember thinking I was one of the last twenty guys thinking I have no chance, and and that was his best out. He was, I think he he won split tenth. He had a really you know eighty nine or something. But it's just <laughs> sometimes you think, man, this isn't fun anymore. So. Uh, it's just a it's just a whole different ball game. So so when you say you know thinking like this isn't fun anymore, I mean you you've been in the business a long time and, and raised a lot of really good bulls and continuing to do that. I mean what what keeps you going? I mean just something addicted to, or are you 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 addicted to winning and you you want to win? You know, um, after my boys got into high school, I kind of took a break from all this, and then. Um, you know, when my my dad passed away, you know, I'm 55 years old now. I'm thinking, you know, I want to get away from it. I love it. You know, I mean, I just I, I love um, creating or having a part of uh, bringing these animals along. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it's very addictive. And um, you know, one one thing I've learned over the years, you got to be very careful about not putting your identity in the bulls because, I mean, you need to. In my opinion, put your identity in the Lord because if you these bulls, you know, like like BJ and Tara are going through right now. I mean, they're just they're just animals. They don't know if they're bucking in the in the you know in the backyard or or at the Thomas and Mac or or where they're bucking. They're doing their best, but um, you know that's that's been my biggest probably. Um, you know, every year I had one of these great bulls. I mean, I would just be that's all I would do is focus on that on that particular animal, and they will let you down, as you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's uh? This, this past weekend, that my my wife, I said you ought to go to McLean's deal. It's a lot of fun, you know. And she goes, "What do you mean fun?" I said, "Well, I don't know. He just he puts on a great event. He, um, you know, the crawfish deal. I don't eat crawfish, but that was a lot of fun to watch. But um, you know, he does a great job." of making these events like that fun. Sometimes you go to events and it's just you unload, you know, you go to the cow cutter, you buck, and you go home. But he, he does a really good job uh, of the little things. And so I, re- I really enjoy going to his his events, and I'm glad he's got the American Heritage, and I wish he had some more of them. It's Jim. He's He's been been a, a supporter of for us and, and – it was it was a lot of fun. I've been to a couple of his events before, and 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 like you say, paying attention to the little things, giving away them trailers and and all that. It is it is neat the the 
outside the box stuff, I guess you could say that that he does do makes it different. Yeah, yeah, it's he he does he it, it and stuff like that is you know even as long as I've been doing it, I've, it's fun for me to, to have something you know a little change and and um, anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a fun weekend. I remember I was talking to a rodeo guy one time, and, and he, had, he had been in the rodeo business for a long time, and, and he sold his card. And I asked him, I said, you, you don't you don't miss miss rodeoing or, or hauling bulls or horses or anything? And he said, hell no. He said, if if I want the feeling of rodeoing, he said, I just go up to the hotel and stay there. He said, it's all the same. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, you uh, it's a well, you know, you're winning. It's the greatest thing in the world. It can get real lonely in a hurry. <laughs> but you talked about the different, you know, I, I, uh, I love y'all's website deal on, on Facebook. You, you kind of see what, what's been winning this and that. And, and you don't realize all these events that is taking place across the United States, like the, the Texas Futurity League, you know, um, I went to, um, Clifton uh, a couple weeks ago and mm-hmm. gosh, that, that was a first class deal. I'm telling you, you know, usually you go to stuff like that and, and I always say, if you're having an event, you know, you have the judges first. You, you know, that's the most important thing. You have it behind panels as long as you have good judges. But, I mean, that was a first-class deal. So, um, those type of things are, are needed, you know. And they're, uh, you know, ABBIs come on board with that too. So, uh, it's kind of, a, you know, it's new, but it's kind of an exciting time to to be in the business. I will, I will say, I, I will say, I can agree with you. Kind of getting to go to a lot of these different events and. There's not many more any let's say backyard deals anymore. Everything seems to be pretty professionally run and, and ran like a business, I guess. Yeah, it was. It, they had the. They had you know, they had great judges and 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 I, that, and I was very impressed with that. And I sat there with Mel Kimbrough for a while, and I know that's really not kosher, but he and I are friends, and I mean. There's one thing I've never agreed with that there's any uh, politics in judging. I've, I mean, I've just never, I've never seen it. But after all these years, I really learned something because I asked him. I said there were four judges, and you know, four was talking about with well, 88s, kind of the mark where whether you win or not. So I was watching, and there would be a bull that'd be like 87 something, and Mel would have him 22. And I said, so one of the judges marking 21.75, and he said, yeah, that's right. And so I got thinking, well, that one judge decided if he was going to win something or not. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Three of them, yeah, some of them marking 21.75. So I got thinking, and he's, and Mel's big on just having four judges because he says if you have five or six, then you're really not hiring me to judge because – I can mark them whatever, 21 and a half all day, and it really doesn't count. Yeah, well, as, average. Yeah, but, but so I don't really agree with that either because they're going to make, you know, there's going to be some errors there unless you hire four judges that are very, um, I, I don't want to step on any toes, but very fraturity competent that have done a lot of fraturities. But if, you know, if you hire um, Roy, Buddy, Mel, and and I don't know the PRCA guy from that just got through 
you know, judging the rodeo at Reading, well, that makes a huge difference. I mean, oh. that that keeps you from from you know placing or not placing. So, you know, I think that in all these years, that I think the judging is still can be a problem uh, because I think the UBBI was really onto something. Um, they would have like a head judge, and they would hire the judges. So they were all, you know, they all kind of judged the same, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was the I thought that was the best uh, the best way to do it because they were kind of um, accountable to each other, if that makes sense. Because now, sure, yeah. you know, what I see now is, I mean, the first time I cracked back out and went to the casino, I had a zero, a twenty point five. A twenty two and a twenty and a twenty two point five on the same bull. And I'm you know, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, this this is this is a right. So but I mean, again, I don't I've never seen any I've never seen a you know, a contract or a contractor that I think gets points because of who they are. I mean I don't I don't really go you know if I had the best bull, you know, I usually you know, do good, so um, I mean, I know they're trying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, as a an industry, I think we still have uh, some room to improve on our on our judging format. Not our judges. Our judges are great, but just the way we put them together and uh, and the way the the good ones all are all there at the same time. For sure. Yeah, I think I think that is a common topic between a, between a lot of guys, and I guess sort of what what it amounts to is personal preference you know like you say it can cause a guy to win first or, or, or not place and just frankly enough it seems like he, yet anyways not saying there won't be but uh, there's always going to be a, a human opinion uh which causes error here and there you know sure that's that's the best part of our sport i think is that uh it is a opinion-based sport a judge sport and i i, I mean Live by the sword, die by the sword, kind of a deal. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not like basketball. It's not like football, and I don't know that uh, that element of opinion can swing in your favor or it can swing away from it. I I think that's a pretty cool part. Yeah, I do too. It's just you know you just want the um you just want the you just want a fair roll at it. You know when you go sure. And, like like Dylan Page says, you know, you know, you can't tell a half a point, um, you know, amongst four judges. I mean, you you know, if you win second by half a point, that's just the way it is. You know, it's it's that's you're right, just what you, just exactly what you said. But it's so it's so funny how things have changed. Um, I, I, my first ever win was uh, Bob Tallman's um, event in Stephenville, and it was in 2002. And you know, back then they didn't have you know, maybe two or three events. Glen Rose was kind of starting up at that time, and uh, gosh, I, there may have been one in the summer. I don't, I don't really remember. But Stephenville um, was a, was a huge deal back then. You know, they'd get 200 bulls, and um, and I, I want you guys to guess how many judges they used there in 2000, 2002 with 200 bulls. I have no idea. On the last podcast, we were talking to to Jerry Hargis and. We got to talking about the judging and stuff a little bit, and he he was telling us how, at like one of the first events that Dylan did there in Ardmore, 
he he had all the contractors assign a judge, and he said that, he said there's no telling how many judges there was. I mean, I yeah. couldn't even go to guess. There, there, that that time there was a there. Every contractor was a judge, so there's 200 judges, and you judge from one to 100, and they dropped the high. So <laughs> that's how that's how judging started out in the in the futurity bull business. Wow. So so speaking of of the Bob Tallman stuff. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Bob and get some information from him when when he kind of started this whole deal up. And I mean, kind of, can you kind of talk to us or maybe take us through an experience like with his with his sales and and that kind of thing? I, I heard one one story uh, that that everybody you know the entry fees were a thousand bucks or whatever, and and at the end of the day, uh, something along the lines of. You know, if you win the fraternity, you, you won, you know, twenty five or thirty, fifty thousand, whatever it was. But but there was a drawing or something, and somebody else walked away with the winning bull. Do you recall any of that? Yeah, that was that was the same error. Um, but you could buy the bull back, and and unfortunately, we in two thousand two we bought the bull back, which um, you know now I can look back at hundreds of thousands of dollars worth. Bulls that I wish I I would have sold. My dad always said it's it's better to to uh, to sell in regret than to keep in regret. And <laughs> uh, but yeah, after the after that they would have a drawing for the bull. But then I can't remember the particulars. But I remember somehow we did buy the bull back. So we probably got out of there with, with zero money. But we got we got our bull back. Um, like the instance that that I heard the story that I heard was, was with Satan, Satan's own of the Ravenscroft. They, they win, they win the fraternity with them and, and somebody had won them and, and sold it, sold him to Mac Altizer like the same minute he won the bull. And I was like, Holy crap. I couldn't imagine. Uh, I mean, that's like saying, Hey, you, you, you enter Duncan, but, uh, if you win, your, your bull, it will be given away. I guess yeah. that's, that's a really out of the box thing. But it's crazy to think about nowadays. Well, I, you know, Lyndall Hurst had Satan's own, and and actually Lyndall owned half of our bull in 2002, Lightning Jack. And um, I remember Lyndall asking me about about Satan's own, and I said, man, I said if he was going to sell him, you know, he wasn't going to whatever the procedure was to get him back, he wasn't going to do that. And I said, I said whatever it is, be able to walk outside your door every day and see it. You know, don't just buy a pickup or or whatever. You know, make it make, or you can walk out and see it. So, I think he built a barn or or an arena or something uh, with you know with Satan's own money. But I tell you, there's a bull um, that might have been competitive these days. He was kind of ahead of his time. That that was a a really nice bull. But I was going to tell y'all, Tallman used to have these these sales, and they were uh, high dollar sales. And back then. You know, all all we had to go by are pedigrees, and um, you mean mine, because people weren't bucking stuff early enough, like, or, or what do you mean by that? Yeah, um, it was just so new that everybody wanted, um, the genetics. you know, what the, the genetics of all the old, you know, the the gunslingers and all that. Like, exactly. Yeah, old. and. And and the and the DNA was just getting going. There were a lot of bulls that weren't registered. You know, they weren't back then. You could put, uh, you know, if it was McCoy breeding, you could put McCoy breeding on the on the pedigree. You know, you just filled it out. So, um, 
you know, there's a lot of inaccuracies and stuff, or maybe not inaccuracies, but you could put what, you know, you could put whatever on the papers that you, you know, that you wanted. But one funny thing is I, I had a friend of mine that bought some cattle from, um, from Don Kish and we, when he got them home and I bought one of the heifers from him. And so I had her and I was breeding on her and flushing her and stuff. And it, I don't know if you've ever heard of the cow 602 Wolfman, but she, yeah. uh, she made a lot of money. These these cats. She's a she was a, a proficient flush cow. Um, she's a better flush cow than actually she was a producer. I'll, I mean, she had like the PRCA bull of the year. Bring it in a few, but um, you know she was just as many Kansas are out there. She you know she should have had more, but um, she we thought she was a wolf man, but we didn't know. And the day of the sale, um, I I got the the, the word back over the phone like five minutes before the sale that she did come back as Wolfman. So I had these two scat cat heifers uh, out of her, and I went and told Bob Tallman, and he moved them to the top for sale, and they brought all kind of money. So it was a it was a crazy t- it was a crazy time, a lot of fun. What like what I was doing some uh, some research one time, looking through some old catalogs, and like he there was a big auction at like a like a quarter horse congress or, or convention or something and and a cow with a bull on her side bring like a hundred thousand or, or something crazy. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really remember that. Um and I you know, I'm sure I'm sure it happened. Um but some of the prices, you know, that 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 particular cow we sold some for twenty thousand and a lot for five. I think I think her earnings were up around seven hundred thousand at one time, so it was just oh wow, uh, yeah. The the I was gonna put her down. She she was getting old, and uh, this is another funny story. And my dad had watched the PRCA national finals, and I guess bring it. They announced he was the bull of the finals, and I have a guy had a guy working for me, and you know she she was kind of part of the family. So I told her I told him that I'd kind of like to have her her scalp if he could, you know if he could. Um, or, or skull, and if he could, you know, do the do the dirty deed. So he had his gun loaded down at the barn, and I and my dad called and told me that, and I gasped down the barn and said, "Hold up, hold up, <laughs> don't shoot her." <laughs> <laughs> so we took her to Transova, and they got another ten or fifteen calves out of her. So she was like five minutes away from not not finishing her, her productivity in her life, but I um. Another thing, this just dawned on me. You're talking about the old days, and used to you couldn't win anything in the fraternities if you were like the first twenty, you know, twenty bulls out. It, you just didn't. I mean, that's the first thing you would look for is you know can you know hope that you're not in the first twenty because I guess the judges had to leave room, you know, and stuff. Now they're so good, they judge so much. The very first bull a lot of times wins the event, so it doesn't matter now at all when you go. But back then, um, I would uh, I noticed they always started on the left, on left-hand delivery. So I started moving all my bulls to the right. And <laughs> that way, at least I knew I wouldn't be in the top 20, you know. So I'd always get my bulls, you know, whether they were better out of the left or right, I'd buck them out of the right just so I wouldn't be in the in the, uh, in the the top 20. But I remember the fir- very first um, bull that wanted it, H.D. Page's bull, it was at Stephenville. It was probably in 2000. 
seven or eight, maybe nine. He was the very first bull out, and he won the he won the event, and that kind of that kind of started changing things. That's crazy. You buck your bulls on the right, whether they were that better there or not, just so you didn't have to be in the top twenty. Yeah, Corey Corey Melton's, you know, his bull won second. He's a he's a great person. Not and but his dad. Um, you know, I was just a kid, you know, and his, his, I noticed his dad would always stand over on the right-hand delivery and buck his bulls on the right and stuff, and I was kind of scared to approach him, you know, and this and that. So one day I finally walked over to him, and I said, so Mr. Melton, I was just curious why you buck your bulls over here on the right. You know, I thought I was going to get this um, world-changing uh, explanation. He goes, well, son, there's just fewer people over on this side. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway and after that i got tickled and i told the story a bunch i think denny mccoy's there and stuff but um anyway there have been a lot of funny things that you know that that have happened i see guys now younger guys they're either really cocky and they know it all or they're kind of like i was back then they're kind of you know scared to ask you know ask questions and kind of timid around the events and things yeah, it's there. There is a lot of a lot of new faces showing up, new people buying bulls or or getting in, you know, or, or sons or daughters of of guys that maybe were in the bull business, and it's just like at Duncan. There was a lot of a lot of people there that that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, well, what y'all are doing the Buckstock News, y'all don't understand that. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. It's a, you know, it's a new and it's a platform for. I, I noticed you, I noticed that you interviewed a. Um, I, I can't recall her name, but a young young woman in there that was, you know, she was excited about you know winning something, had some bad luck or something, I think. But you know, oh yeah, hard luck Heather. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> hard luck Heather. That. I call her that man. <laughs> hey, she had she had a bad time. She had a bad weekend, <laughs> but uh... yeah, but I mean, and and then all these like. Guys like Bo Mills, you know, I went to his facility a couple of weeks ago, and it's, um, you know, it's really, really nice. And you know, he's really gung ho about it. We got to have people like that. I mean, and and John Griggs and the gang, all you know, getting this new deal going. And I think Hubcap had one Sunday, you know, up there. So um, all these events that that they're and you know and uh, Rick Smith, and then and then also you know Border Town's still going strong. They're you know can't really forget about you know about that that's a little oh, far, yeah. but, it's, but it's a you know it's it's kind of changed you know it changed either good or bad it changed the game you know so um all all these all these areas that all these buckings and all these all this interest and 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 y'all keeping it up front is uh it's huge for the uh progression of you know of the sport uh, we, we appreciate that i know I know myself and talking to Thor, we're always talking about things we can do to, to move forward or put it out there a different way. And, and I, I know I enjoy the heck out of it. And, and you know, it's it's fun to go to them events and talk to people. I know, like, Thor, we got Duncan, you know, Friday afternoon, and he had this great idea. We were going to interview some people beforehand and talk about their bulls. And I was a little uneasy and wasn't sure about the idea, maybe just because I was a little nervous to talk to people I didn't know. And then as we started doing it, I I started learning some just just from the people and, and talking to them. I thought it was really cool. And then I then I told Thor I thought it was a good idea, but but I was a little nervous at first. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, people you know, were. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, people were coming up, and I'll kind of tell the, the backstory about the Heather deal. You know, uh, they were like, hey, well, what's it take to get an interview? And, and and people really, really enjoyed that, you know, and it kind of, I don't know, made made me feel good that we were doing something that, that they liked and enjoyed or maybe looking forward to. But uh, Heather, we were uh, with GT Buck and Bulls. We were, we were at the, the little bar there at the hotel, you know, after checking and stuff, and she come up to me and was talking to me about it and everything. And she's like, man, she's like, you know, er- everybody likes winning. She said, but I haven't seen to uh, be able to to do that this year. And, and we just got to talking and kind of dawned on me that, you know, we, we always do kind of highlight the winners, whether it be our event results with the pedigrees or the interviews we did there in Duncan. And, but as we keep saying, winning's tough. And, and I thought it was interesting to kind of give a little bit of a different look on, not winning, you know, and, and what exactly. keeps people's drives up and then maybe she'll do something, try something different or, or stay motivated at least to keep entering and, and going because when people quit entering, there there won't be any events anymore, you know, so everyone's got to stay motivated one way or another. Yeah, it's a very, very unforgiving sport, um, you know, and then you have a bull like, like BJ and Tara have, and then, you know, I mean, it's just, that's why you got to put your identity in something besides these bulls because I mean it'll 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 break you. But I want to I want to encourage Heather and and the kids and and the women and and even even the guys that enter the fraternities, you know, not to be not to be timid around those things. You know, if you need to take some time, um, you know, they're in the back of the shoot. Just you know, don't let them rush it. They, uh, you know, they're all really nice, you know, nice people. You know, Dean Wilson and Riley Sanford that put on the dummies. It was funny. Dean has a really, really good bull, and um, he had some trouble in the shoot with him. And, and he was like, he was like two before me. And I kind of used Dean as a sounding board sometimes. You know, like he'll tell me, you know, sometimes you can't really see the whole picture, and he'll say something. You know, especially if you have a bull that's bad in there. And, and he just, you know, I mean, he just, he just had this bull that Gary Long's that could, you know, could have won the event. And, had a horrible out, got you know, got tied up in there, and but two two later, you know, here he was helping me try to win, and I mean, what I'm trying to say is, you know, use those guys back there because they're there to help, and and then they want to help you, you know, just don't, you know, try not to get nervous, just you know, if you need some help, ask questions, uh, whatever. I mean, they're 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 glad to do that. Exactly, yeah. Don't don't be afraid. Everyone's everyone's there to help everybody, and and. Thor, to kind of go back just a little bit, you know, when we interviewed Heather and I was talking to her about smooth over and stuff, and she said they had a smooth over calf that was really, really good that they that they had sold, you know. It was that uh, one, wasn't it? The one that broke his leg, yeah, that was him. Yeah. But Gene, oh, is, is Heather is Heather Cody's wife? Uh, I think they're they're just that's his girlfriend. Ah, okay. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't ask questions live on the radio, should I? No, no, it's it's perfect, man. Yeah. One one thing I I did want to ask you, Gene, is is something that that I truly believe in, um, that that I've noticed kind of you you do a lot of, um, and maybe it helps with your sales, maybe it doesn't. I guess that's the point of this question. But, like, flipping through the, the World Finals magazine and stuff, you, you you do a lot of marketing uh, within your program. I mean, you had pictures of calves in there. 
you had, you know, like your programs, history, earnings, and, and all kinds of stuff. And it kind of seems like people forget about the marketing aspect of this industry. And there's a lot of people that, that have cattle. And, and I guess, you know, if you're winning or whatever, that sets you apart. But, but at the same time, I mean, you have to promote your deals for to, to sell animals and, and pay for the way. I mean, what, what's your kind of deal on the marketing? And I just, I, I'm I'm really into marketing and I, I like it and and to see a program like yours, you know, having a two pages or three pages or whatever it was, full color pictures and and earnings and stuff. I, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, you know, back you know I, I talked about the first ten years and these next ten years. The, the first ten years, you know, we sold pedigrees and and um, you know we had marketing was. I don't know if it's easier, but it was more cut and dry. You had, you know, you had this particular animal, and and that's, you know, that was lot number one or whatever. We sold on RFD TV twice a year and um, had some good sales at the, you know, with the James Gang, and and now it's all, it's all performance driven, which that's where it should be. You know, that's what um, they don't judge the pedigrees. So sure. my yeah. uh, my buddies Sean Davison. Wesley Larkin and one of Wesley's friends, we're going to have a booth out there in Vegas and, and you know, do some things like that to kind of, but I'm still, you know, I'm still learning uh, the new, the new marketing, um, you know, part of this because it's, you know, it's changed so much to answer your question. For sure. Well, um, I think uh, it's probably, um, about time for for our buff one breed one butcher one game. Thor, um, we've talked about kind of old times, new times, the, the the changing of the game. So maybe you have some bulls for Gene uh, across the board. I do, I do, I do. Gene, I know this is your first time playing the game, and for anybody that may be listening for the first time. We're going to give you three bulls, and we'd like you to, uh, just as a conversation starter, not to, uh, you know, to kind of get an idea on what your flavor is, I guess. But as a conversation starter, we'd like to know which one you'd want to put on your truck and haul down the road and buck, which one you'd like to turn out on your cows and breed to and, and raise calves out of, and unfortunately, which one's going to end up on the dinner plate because, uh, you know, that happens too. So the three that I came up with tonight are uh, Rango. Uh, Raven Flyer, Gene Owens Raven Flyer, and uh, Roy, Julio Marino's Roy. Thanks, Thor. That's that's a little bit different. There, you usually have some pre 1990s bulls in here, and these are all somewhat relatively new. Yeah, I went with all the R's tonight. Um, <laughs> they all start with R, so that's that's pretty well the common denominator there. And they're all they're all rank bulls that were all great in their day. Uh, um, Raven Flyer was a black bull, Rango, uh, and Roy. What do you think, Gene? Well, I'd probably put Roy on my truck because um, he, you know, he bucks hard. And I did breed some to him and didn't really like the calves too much, but he he definitely was a, a short go bull. You got to breed to Roy? I bred to Roy or a son of Roy. I can't remember, gotcha. but I didn't have very good luck with him. Gotcha. And um, I just want to say that I'm eating a hamburger that is one of my bulls right now, so I don't want everybody's feelings. Our our freezer is 
We have two of them. They're full of homestead genetics bucking bulls. So <laughs> most of ours, we eat most of ours around here. Um, I probably put Rango. Man, I don't know. That's a toss-up, guys. It's hard to. I wouldn't eat either one of those. Yeah. Uh, Thor, I guess we'll we'll let you think on it, Gene. And and me and Thor, we we we'll kind of chime in and and tell what what we would do. Thor, what what are you gonna do? I'm gonna breed the Raven Flyer. I'm gonna buck Roy. And I'll put Rango on the plate. I really like Raven Flyer, man. That bull was cool, and uh, I I don't know. He just he was one of those bulls that I just liked. I, I liked the way he moved. I like how hard he tried. Um, that's something that I'm always looking for is that effort. That bull gave it everything he had and had some tricks to him and stuff. Uh, I'd want to breed them, see, see what I could get. I think he was double-bred spit shine, um, maybe even more than that. Uh, had a lot of Ravenscroft stuff in him. but uh, And then Roy obviously was a phenomenal athlete. And not that Rango wasn't. Rango was great too, but I, Roy was just, just in a league of his own, and I'd, I'd want to buck him. And, and, you know, Rango, I mean, he'll – He'll he'll feed a few people. Yeah, see, I'm I'm gonna be a little different. I think uh, now. Oh, no, you always not, are. No, we've been we've been on the same page a few times. Oh, uh, gotcha. Not not knowing what uh, what Gene had said, I, I I was gonna breed to Roy, um, uh, and and I was gonna buck Rango. And part of the reason I, I thought Rango bucked really hard and, and was hard to get by, uh, and and heck when they were filming that movie i think they bucked him like 10 times in a row in one day and unfortunately passed away later on but that bull freaking never give it up i think and, and there's no telling how many outs that bull really had i think i'm gonna buck him and i remember seeing raven fire in person a couple times and and seeing some videos of him uh just at the house and stuff and i thought he was a really nice bull but maybe maybe not one of my favorites i think i'm gonna uh eat him yeah. Well, you don't have to yeah. agree with me. You Yeah, you know, we're talking about spit shine, you know, there's I I've I expect or I have expected to see more spit shine calves, you know, come come up. I really don't know, you know, if if uh Joey and Sugar, I know they're not, you know, in the business like they were, but I don't know if they still have some or not, but um what's the big white bull they hauled? PLW's yeah, big cat. Bar one forty seven. Big cat, you know, and um They had a brass rain too that wasn't that bull out of spit shine also? Or was he uh, had something different? No, I wanna say he was. Yeah. I think that bull went to PBR finals too. Yeah. I think them they did have a lot of luck with, with spit shine. Well, Gene, do you uh you by chance figure which one you're gonna put on the dinner plate? Man, I, you could ask any of my friends. I'm like the world's horse with with no. I mean, I I I love watching these bulls buck, but I can't even I can't even um, place Raven's flock. I don't even know if I've ever seen him buck. Yeah, he so, was a he was a black bull. He was pretty pretty out of line. He wasn't very even, from what I remember. He was a solid black yeah. bull that Gene Owens hauled. You know, this breeding is, is, I mean, it'll humble you in a minute, you know. Um, you know, you look at Bushwhacker and Asteroid, 
and you, and you just know that asteroids going to be the be the breed bull, and you know bushwhacker is just a freak, and it's actually just opposite. You know, what I mean, so. Um, hey, you yeah, have speaking of. Speaking of bushwhacker, you had a brindle, a big, pretty brindle bushwhacker son that was out of a really, really good cow. I thought it was out of the 183 cow, but I can't. That may not be yeah. right. Yeah, that's a funny story. Like I'm. What's I, that I bull's to, name? I, his name is it, eluding me. It, the 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 bull that wants so much is named Sheila Spett, but his dad was named Time to Shine. Is my Time my to dad. Shine. Yeah, that's the dad. one I was thinking of. How that? How's that bull and, doing? I mean, did he balk? Did he go somewhere? Yeah, well, I got to go back when he was two, or b- before he was born. My dad bought him for forty five hundred from Vernon Gidry as a not even a pregnancy, like like two years in the fall. He's gonna go pick him up, and I'm like, Dad, that's you know, you're a smart guy, but man, <laughs> that's a long time. So time goes on, you know, and we have him here, and I've never had one that's, that's had as much kick. You know, he really wasn't a maturity bull, but he was just. I mean, he was a man among boys, you know, bucking him, but I didn't really know what, you know, to do with him, so I just had him out in the pasture, and I'm up here at the barn his breeding season trying to figure out what to breed to, and one night he sneaks to the fence. He's, I guess he's just a yearling, and he breeds a Houdini cow. Her number's 277, and here I am up here with my pencil and paper trying to figure out, you know, how to outsmart everybody in this breeding deal. Well, he's breeding her, and he raises um, he raises this this uh, Sheila's pet uh, calf, and um, he goes on to win 186 thousand. So that shows you how how smart I am. But what's funny <laughs> is that uh, 277. I've got I've got uh, four or five full brothers to him this year, and. Um, I mean, I know you hear everybody say they're all good, but these kids really are nice. I'm taking full brothers three, to Sheila's pet. To Sheila's pet, I'm taking yeah. three of them this weekend to uh, to, to Granberry in the yearling deal. So, yeah, that was just that was just dumb luck. Um, so, how old is that time to shine now? Well, he uh, I saw him to, to Judd Lafew, and and he, the bull broke his leg. Um, his oh, first man. his first rider trip, and so did Sheila's pet. His First or second um, um, trip, he he broke his leg too, or his back, or something. So a wow. bull bucked so hard, you know. It's um, it's just you know, it's like I said before, it's a very unforgiving. That's, unforgiving that's no sport. joke. Yeah, I, I've seen that Sheila's pet in person a couple times, and not only was he a bucking rascal, he was big. Yeah, Mister. You know what's funny about that? This. These Sheila's pets, uh, or these time to shine calves, are, are not very uh, pretty. Pretty aesthetically, they're uh, kind of a big navel, kind of heavy fronted kind of calves. And and Mr. Bowman called and wanted to know if I had any bushwhacker stuff, and I said, no, sir. You know, sorry. And so I had these pin full of calves, and I got to think, well, I forgot all about that. You know, be a grandson. I guess I called him back, and I said, I got this one. Calf. I don't think he'd want him, but he come look at him. So I said, I'll take 3500 for him. And he came unbucked, you know, picked him out. And, and uh, I remember thinking that I And that was, was that was Sheila's pet? That was Sheila's pet. And I, just, for, I got thinking. 3500 huh? Unbucked, though. Thinking, unbucked, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I know. I heard you. 
But I mean, I I just remember him leaving and thinking, man, I'm glad I got rid of that little rat because he was just he was <laughs> ugly and and um, you know it was about this time of year he still had hair on him and um, but he you know gosh he was a you know I hated that for them but he was a, a really nice bull and um, he had a he had a big future as a rider I know everyone says that too but gosh he weighed I don't know. 1500 as a two-year-old so i don't know how they're gonna ride him <laughs> yeah you know, and, but um yeah that was that was another story that you know sometimes like hd says he you know i've heard him say well you think i'm so smart i just turn out my best bulls on my best calves and my, or my best heifers and it just works for me so i mean i think a lot of this we over, you know maybe overthink a little bit speaking of i'm glad you uh brought up your calves something you know guys we talk to that raise bulls we these podcast episodes they don't they won't go away so in five years we can listen and see you know you talked about them sheila's pet yearlings full brothers and stuff what what's uh what's what's a yearling that that is your pick whether he's put it together yet or not and and maybe Um, kind of how he's bred he's a Well, this one is a Sheila's pet full brother, and his number is 855. And he, he, um, my my friend partner Dave Knob and Connie Blanchard own half of him. Um, and he's he's just he's special, but so are the other threes. But he's kind of he's kind of my pick out of all of them. And then I've also got um, I've got a uh, time to shine out of the 159 cow who is uh, a hustling cow that's also Billy Frank's mother, Billy Frank's dam. Yeah. And he's a big, nasty sucker. Um, and bucks hard, you know, bucks hard with the dummy. And and um, I'm trying to get away from from the small calves too, but, you know, that's another, that's another challenge is trying to get the size with still the athleticism to put in these things. Um, you know, it's, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast because you you know you have you know small guy you know Kyler Murray can go you know he can do things that a big guy can't do it's the same with same with um, with bucking bulls so um, for sure you know you can get them too big for sure well Gene it's uh it's it's been interesting uh, talking to you and, and talking about what what you continue to say the the previous 10 years and, and the the most recent seven years moving forwards about your experiences in the bull business. And uh, we, we stock news sure appreciate you coming on and, and talking and sharing some of your experiences with, with all our listeners. Yeah, it's been fun. I wish everybody good luck and uh, thanks again for what you guys do. Yeah, no, no worries. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we'll, we're going to try to, try to get around a little more and uh maybe maybe we'll see uh see at some of these events that that we've been talking about and, and good luck good. for you this weekend Bye. thanks Thor. thanks kyle no worries Please. thanks everybody for, for listening and it's been uh, another episode of buck and stock news podcast powered by two bulls <laughs>